Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh. Erin Washington is like my new best friend. She is the author of Squats and Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance. And we had the best time as you will hear in this episode. Erin is a lifestyle blogger and podcaster and is the author of Squats and Margaritas, the book in which she shares her story of what it's like to live with and overcome an eating disorder and how she has learned to live life with balance. This mom of two now juggles workouts, playdates, and happy hours, and after struggling with weight and body image for 20 years, has finally found her best body and mindset. She currently lives in the Washington, D.C. area. Welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you so much for having me on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Your book was like the perfect discussion fodder, and you were so amazingly open in your story, and I so appreciated everything from your how you developed eating issues, if you will, your soccer career, the horrendous experience with your coach, which made you quit soccer, which by the way, I hear like over and over again from college athletes. So let's go back to that in a second. And then like all the way through your marriage and having kids and where you are with your body now from anorexia, exercise, bulimia, bulimia. I mean, the whole spectrum. And now you have this like newfound (laughs) understanding of like how to feel great in your body. So thank you for the book. And now we can like talk and dive into it. Thank you for reading the book. First of all, I can't believe I have a book. Like I, I never saw any of this coming and I never thought I would ever tell anybody about my eating disorders. Like I was going to the grave with this and I found this lifestyle of balance spots and margaritas that I live now at 37 after having two kids. And the whole premise of the book was to just show moms. If you just live your life with balance, stop restricting, stop being so obsessive and living in that constant state of stressed out, obsessive nature, listen to your body. And when I I finally did that, I lost 20 pounds. So I got a writing coach and I was like, this is the book I want to write to the woman who's working out and not seeing results or feels like it's too late. Any kind of excuse. I want to show them exactly how I did it step-by-step. So I'm writing the book and she was just very honest with me. And she said, why would anyone listen to you? You don't have any credibility. What if you've always been in shape? And I was like, oh, no, no. Like <laughs> I've been through it. Like I struggled. I didn't want, I didn't tell her at that point. And I was like, I don't really want to get into my past. I'm just going to help. I want to help women. And she kept pushing me and she's like, you need to tell your story and where you came from to find balance. And I pushed back. And then one day I just wrote it. And it wasn't even that anybody had seen it yet or read it. Once I wrote it and it was out, I just felt lighter. And then I started sharing everything. And I went into like just every detail of how I used to, I mean, like you said, I was anorexic. I was bulimic. I wrote it all to show that 
this balance can start at any time. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Like I said, I found it at 37 and I finally just decided to tell my story just to inspire women. You know, it's not too late. You're not too old. You can change your life. So how secret was it? Like, did your husband know? Like, did your parents know? I know your sister sort of, you know, overheard you throwing up and kind of knew and your mom kind of knew, but tell me, tell like how much was new information for the people in your close to you? Well, I had to sit down and tell them that I was putting a book out and there was going to be a lot of stuff that they didn't know about. My mom knew, everybody knew I was struggling. It's funny. I'm the oldest of four girls and none of my sisters dealt with anything like this. They were always right around the same weight. It was like their hair was always the same color. Like I was either super, super skinny, 20 pounds heavier, platinum blonde hair. Sometimes it was like dark black. Like I was always just... I don't know. I struggled. I'm firstborn. I did a lot of studying on that. Like I'm obsessive, my personality, obviously. So I got into the eating disorders. I was very obsessive about soccer. And as an athlete, you kind of equate thinness and being in shape with soccer prowess. Like if I'm super skinny and in shape, I'm going to be better at soccer. And since that was the ultimate goal around 16, I started with the anorexia and I started my period super late, like at 15. So as women, you start, you gain weight. And I was like, well, you know, this isn't going to work for soccer. So I was severely restricting my calories. I think I say in the book to the point where I wouldn't eat carrots because they were a starchy carbohydrate. I would come home from school and take naps so that, you know, it was time that I was sleeping and not eating. And obviously my mom could see I was getting skinnier and skinnier. And I found out after writing the book that she was seeing like a therapist during that time, because she didn't know how to talk to me. And I didn't realize how much she had known about the anorexia, but again, back to soccer, it got to the point where my coach was like, listen, your crosses aren't as strong anymore. And I was like, like, if he's about to equate this to soccer, I I better do something. And it was like, instead of just going back to normal and eating, I almost wanted to show him how fine I was. Like everything was fine. I started eating, but then I, my eating disorder evolved into exercise bulimia, which for anyone that doesn't know, you calculate every calorie you put into your mouth. Like I was jotting it down on little note cards and then you go and you work out that much like that. Exactly. If I ate 300 calories, I was on the elliptical for 300 calories. So you cancel it out. And I was like, I'm eating, but I obviously wasn't gaining weight. So that happened. I was in better shape. I wasn't as skinny. And then I went to college and I had a soccer scholarship. I was a division one athlete. I played since I was four. It was my entire identity. And when I got to college, I wasn't playing. And I went from, we were back-to-back state champions in high school. I never came off the field. I was the captain. And I didn't, I didn't know how to be on the bench. Like I, I've never been in that position. And it, as hard as I trained and everything that I put into it, I felt like it wasn't fair. And I ended up quitting my sophomore year. And I didn't realize until writing this book, how much that took a toll. Like my entire life when that soccer identity was gone, even though I say like, I couldn't go to the soccer building anymore. Like where the athletes worked out, I had to work out like at the rec center. And it sounds so like, Oh, like, wow, your poor thing. But it was a weird, I just, I would see all my teammates. I lived in the soccer house. They would all go to games and I fell into depression and then I fell into bulimia. And now I think it was just because it was something I could control and I felt so out of control that I hid from six girls. I was one of six women living in a house and none of them had a clue. And I did have to talk to them. Like one of my roommates isn't even talking to me right now because was so just like disappointed that I couldn't confide in her during that time, which I get, but I didn't confide. I wasn't going to tell anybody. So 
yeah, I hit it. Obviously, bulimia is is tricky because I think people think you throw up your food so you're super skinny. And it's actually like quite different than that. Like I was the heaviest I've ever been when I was bulimic. And I think people thought because I wasn't, you know, playing soccer anymore, I wasn't working out like that. But when you are binging and purging, your hormones are so thrown off that your body, like I was just in like a bloated version of myself and just everything gets out of whack. And I wasn't skinny. I was, I was struggling. I had depression and I finally got out of that by channeling my obsessive nature towards something else, which wasn't, as you know, you read the book, it wasn't like the healthiest thing, but I became obsessive about my boyfriend at the time, my husband now, and I had to make sure he wasn't cheating on me. And I had to go on, he was a professional athlete and I would go on all the websites and put in his name and make sure he wasn't cheating. And it was like, when that obsession got funneled into my relationship, my eating disorder kind of fell away. And that's truly, like, it wasn't like one day I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. It was just like, I was obsessing on something else and I stopped and it's been almost 15 years. And I don't think five years ago I could have written, I wouldn't have told anybody. I wouldn't have written the story. I would, it was just like, I got done with it. Thank God. Nobody found out about it moving on. And then I went from that to literally, as you know, in the book, describing how I used to do it. So it's freeing. It's I feel lighter. And I have this tribe of women now that have reached out to me and said, like, you're the only person that I've told that I had an eating disorder. Like my husband doesn't know. And now I feel like a responsibility to these women to keep them motivated and inspired. And so I share workouts and nutrition tips. And I'm not a professional at any of those. I'm just someone who has been in the trenches and come out on the other side. So I just want to hopefully inspire someone that is still in it, that they can get out. Wow. I mean, I feel like keeping a big secret like that, there, there is something so corrosive about like this, like rotting secret inside you that kind of like seeps into everything, right? Because you can't ever really be yourself if there's a huge piece of yourself that's always cloaked. So I feel like I keep hearing this, like when you have secrets that finally come to light, like you were saying, it's, it's completely life-changing. And I'm so happy to hear that there are women out there who are getting that light in their lives because they're confiding in you. I mean, how amazing is that, right? It's like, it's just amazing. It is. And I self-published this book. So I was like, I don't even know if anybody's going to see this book. And I'm telling you, it makes it to the people that needed it. Like, I don't, I just market it myself on my Instagram and it, the people that need it. And some people like, oh, I want to get in shape. Like I, I have a three kids. I don't have time to work out, but then they'll read. They don't know that my story is what it was. And they'll be like, oh my God, like another girl, she played soccer. It was, she's like, I, I'm reading my story. And she just got hope from it. And I don't know how it made it to her, but I'm telling you, Zibi, it makes it to the women that need it. And hopefully it continues to do that. That's so, I mean, that is like <laughs> what books, that's like the power of books. That's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I It's like so inspiring because- there's nothing that helps people as much as one person's story to another. And just like you said, like it was in your head and then suddenly it's on the page, just this act of like, I don't know, it's like magic. It's so cool. It's just, I know I have right. (laughs) It's just amazing. And then you end up helping other people. And I don't know, there's like the stories. It's just, it's incredible. It's awesome. And once you share your big thing, which for me, it was, it was shameful. I mean, it's gross. Like what I was doing, I didn't want people to know that, but it was like, that was my big thing. Like you said, that big corrosive, like secret. Once that was out, it's like, now I share everything. Like my, I have a podcast now and I'm like, 
I just want, I don't want anyone to feel alone because I felt alone for so many years. If you are coming on my podcast or coming on my Instagram page, like you are not ever going to leave feeling alone. I share just how hard this pandemic has been. I have a five and a two year old who have been like basically quarantined with me since March and I'm losing it. Like I'm not doing a good job. (laughs) I want to share that just in case some other mom who's looking at Instagram and all these beautifully manufactured manufactured pages that just everybody's got it together. Not everyone has it together and don't ever feel like you have to pretend like you do. So that's what now I share everything, like maybe probably too much, but just so someone doesn't feel alone because I did for so many years. So that's beautiful. That's really, (laughs) (laughs) that's really amazing. I have a six year old, seven year old and two 13 year olds. And yeah, I also have lost it so many times this pandemic. So I completely relate. Although a two-year-old, I mean, gosh, that's a totally different stage. So I feel you. I mean, that's tough. That is tough. He needs me. He's so like physically yeah. dependent on me. He's in pull-up. Yeah. And they don't understand. Like this, my brand was built during the pandemic. So I didn't, usually I'm just home with them. But now it's like, I'm doing this and they see me and they're like, mommy, mommy. And you don't want to be like, they don't understand. And I, I, it's the mom guilt then. It's like, I, at the end of the day, I want to cry and I'm like praying for presence and be locked in with them tomorrow. And then the next day starts and it's like, I, I try so hard, but it's like, what else is like this world going to drop on us? It's like, it's a pandemic. Like I, we decided not to send them back to school. So it's hard. And no matter how the balance, like that's what squats and margaritas is all about balance, finding that work-life balance where you still feel like a good mom, you were locked in with your kids and you're not just thinking about work. And then the opposite, like if I'm working, it's just finding that balance. And that's what I talk about on my podcast every week. I have a, a mom come on and we just share and share best practices. <laughs> How are you doing this? And I like, successful moms like you, like you're an author, you have four kids, I'm like turning this into my show. Like, how do you balance? <laughs> like, I have a question to use it. <laughs> great. I'll come on. No, I can go on your show. We can just keep yeah. going back and forth. Like all that, you know, this is great. I can ask eating stuff, you know, we can like dance around. Yeah, I know. We need to get into the can't, moms don't have time to lose weight. But I think just having these authentic and open conversations just help women so much to be like, oh my God, me too. Oh my God, I'm not the only one. I'm not a bad mom. No, we're all struggling. We just need to say it out loud. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And by the way, I'm doing the same thing as you, which is like, I have two kids doing remote school in the next room, six and seven, you know, until now. I mean, I wasn't even dressed until two seconds ago because I was like running back and forth and, oh no, I like cut part of the page that you printed for me this morning. Mom, my teacher says my mom doesn't have the page. I'm like, seriously, I had it all organized. Anyway. Yep. I'm I'm in it and I do come in here and close the door, but I'll tell you, like, this is the key to my own sanity. And I I bet you feel the same in some way because I people are like, how do you do it all? Whatever. And I'm like, well, I do it all because if I didn't do this and if I didn't have this, I couldn't like go back out there and be like functional, honestly. Yep. It's your creative outlet. It's something for you. And that's what you need. Yes, that's your sanity. Yep. And we, I didn't have that for so long. For I me, didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah. I started this three years like, ago and I was like, yeah. it's like, then you know what you were like before you had the sanity. Yeah. And that was yeah. not, you know, me like on the floor playing all day, like was not my best self, which is okay. And I don't regret it. It's just like, I was a different person. So. Yes. And now if, that's so funny. Like my husband and I, like, honestly, he's still like, You're, are you sure you want to be doing this right now when they're so young? He's down the other room. And I'm like, I need this. And it's 
when I just put something out there creatively, or I get a message, like I said, and I'm helping someone, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And it is hard with my kids. And I, it's, I did make it harder on myself by taking this on, but like you said, I need it for me and it's my outlet. And I, then I can go back to my kids a little bit more sane than if I were 24 seven, just being a stay at home mom, that they're not, that there's anything wrong with that. I needed some sort of creative outlet and I found it doing this. Yep. Podcasting is like the secret, the secret sauce. Yeah. It's like, secret sauce. it's true. It's like, and it's so easy and it's basically free. You like get a microphone and like, I don't know. I'm such a huge fan of, you know what happened with mine though? I don't know if you know, I, during the pandemic, I would just go live on my Instagram. I didn't have a show. I didn't have anything. And I'd be like, like I said, I was like, I'm drowning. What is, what is everybody doing? And I would just have moms come on. I started having guests and I like made this little talk show on Instagram live. So every Thursday night I was like, grab a margarita and we're just going to talk about it. It wasn't like maybe something that you would just like look forward to at the end of the day. Like this is a pandemic, but at least I can have a cocktail and we can all kind of commiserate together. And WTOP, a radio station in DC, their program director was watching every week and I had no idea. And then after one of my shows, my little IG lives, she called me and was like, we would love for you to do a podcast for us. And I got this equipment and I do this every week. And then they put it on podcast one. And so it literally came out of nowhere, but I, I do have two young kids and it is hard, but I wasn't going to pass up on that opportunity because this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be That's doing. amazing. I love that. So that's how my show came about. Oh my gosh. But you did <laughs> yeah. make your show happen. You did do all that work. It's I just, did you did didn't it. have it as a goal. You know, you still did all no, the work. That, that's yeah. so cool. It's just, it's the universe yeah. like we were talking about. You put something out there, you never know who's watching. Yep. I didn't. I did the same thing in the pandemic, not to keep being like me too, but I'm just like, no, no, I did the not. same thing. I did an Instagram live show. Cause I was like, I can help authors. Like I can do that. Like I have a, I'm used to this. I, this is what I do all day anyway. Like I've got to help people more. And my, my primary thing was helping the authors, but also helping the moms. And yeah. And then I had some people like on my team who actually are no longer on my team who were like, you know, I don't, you know, maybe you should stop the Instagram lives. Like your followers aren't going up that much and you know, not that many people tune in. I'm like, that's not what it's about. Like if I had 25 people and they then go on to lead completely different lives that day, or, or just take one thing from something the author said, or maybe something I said, or the combination of our conversation or something, and it helps them in some way, like, that's amazing. Like, helping one life is amazing. Like, I'm not doing exactly. it for, like, you know, I'm not a celebrity. Like, that's not what my shtick is, you know what I mean? It's just, like, exactly. micro change, I guess, you know? And that's why, that's when your account grows, when you are just authentically yourself and just doing it to help people. Cause you can tell when people are just kind of like fishing for, I mean, you're not like in a bikini, like happy Monday, you know, like people that just fishing. would be giving- the fastest turn off to my account ever. I would have like, yes. everyone would unsubscribe. I would have like, you yeah, know. that's why people tune in. And that's why your account is growing and where, why you have the brand that you do now, because you were authentic and your why was to help people and you t- not to yeah. grow your, account. no, it's, I mean, I love it. It's so great. <laughs> You're like, talk about working out at some point during this episode. <laughs> yeah. I've not said I mean, we yet. don't even, it's okay. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I started this whole thing after the pan in like September, because like I had put on weight during the pandemic as I, you know, I've been up and down my whole life and I won't even get into my own stuff, but I've had all sorts of stuff along the way and, you know, have ended up in this place where I would like to just have other people who want to feel better in their bodies at this stage in their life and get inspiration from hearing stories. Like 
how, you know, it's not always the end. Like we can always reinvent. And that's what I found so powerful about the end of your book in particular, not necessarily the tips themselves, although those were great, but like you can get tips anywhere. The, The power of your story was like how you came into what worked for you and the fact that you can do it now because there's always now to change things and find something that works. So tell me a little more about, so you basically learned that you have to actually eat more to be fitter and that your body was holding on to everything. Mind. Mind blow. Yes. To tell someone that had an eating (laughs) disorder past, just eat more and you'll lose weight. I was like, it was, that's not what women are taught. I feel like women are taught, restrict your calories, eat salads, do your cardio, And it's calories in versus calories out. As long as you're working out more than you're taking in, you'll lose weight. And that's what women are taught. So when I got done with my eating disorder mess, I thought I was doing it the right way. I'm not binging and purging. I was still restricting, but not to the, I was eating carrots. I was not to the point like that, but I was, I would never even look at any other section of a menu than salads because it was like, no, you just, you get a salad dressing on the side. I would do cardio seven days a week. And I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was at a gym and my, who wasn't my trainer. It's like a group fitness class. He was just like one of the trainers. And he's like, you just seem so frustrated. And I explained, like I said, I was like, I only (laughs) eat salads. I barely eating. I do cardio every day. And he's like, well, you just need to eat more. He's like, you're starving. That's why you're not losing weight. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, as much, as much as you're working out, your body is holding on to all of it because it doesn't know when you're going to eat next. And your body goes into starvation mode for survival. He's like, he used my fitness pal. And I, if anybody can download that or any kind of app like that, where you put in all your information, how often you're working out, what your goal weight is, your lifestyle. Like, are you sitting at a desk? Are you chasing a two-year-old boy? All the things. And it calculates how much you should be eating. And I found out in that moment that I was under eating by 900 calories a day. He's like, your body needs this to work for your metabolism to turn back on. So I trusted it, which again, was so hard for me with all my eating disorder past. And I just started eating often. And I mean, like every two hours, I, and you can eat healthy, but eat more. And my metabolism turned back on. Like I, Zibby, I forgot what it was like to feel hungry because I, I just lived in like a state of, well, this is what I need to do. I didn't really listen to my body. I started feeling hungry all the time because my metabolism turned back on. I lost five pounds the first week. And for me to, to lose any pounds was just incredible because I couldn't lose and I was working out so hard. So that was the first thing. It was eating more, turning back on your metabolism, eat every couple hours. Also, you want to get like protein and carbs, eat healthy. So it's hard to hear eat all the time, but if you're eating healthy food, you know, it's, it's what your body needs. You will start feeling hungry again and you will turn back on your metabolism. Another component to it is water, drinking a ton of water because you have to stay hydrated. It'll that also boosts your metabolism. And then the other component to it was weightlifting. And I think women have such a stigma. Like, I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to be like a bodybuilder. Your body is not going to do that naturally. Like the women that look like that eat a very specific diet to look like that train a certain way. Your body will not do that. And what's really funny, what changed things for me I wanted to tone. I didn't want to be bulky. So I would always stick to like really light weights. So, I mean, like fives or tens and not super, that's not like super light, but I would never think about lifting heavier. And cause I didn't want to bulk up. It wasn't until I started lifting much heavier that I got muscle tone. Finally, I got that tone that women are trying to get with like the smaller weights. 
your body tones when you lift heavier and obviously get there gradually, but I got muscle tone. I also increased my metabolism with that because when you put muscle on your body, you increase your resting metabolism. So moms don't have time to work out. You're burning while you're not working out because your resting metabolism is everything just changed. I started eating more and lifting heavy and I was 20 pounds and I've been able to maintain it through two pregnancies and I'm 39 now. And it's like, my body just trusts me now. It knows I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. A lot of it is intuitive eating. Like I'm not, I really check in with myself and if I'm hungry, I eat, but it's not, you don't have to eat everything on the plate and sit in front of a TV and just check out and eat until everything's gone. Now I eat when I'm hungry. I check in. Am I, do I need to finish this? Sometimes I'll finish it like an hour later, like I'll finish it, but just not all at once. Just checking in with yourself and being mindful, mindful eating, lifting heavy and eating often changed everything for me. And I had to write the book because I don't feel like women are taught to do it that way. We are taught cardio and restrict and that failed me. So I was like, all right, now I have the secret. I put this book out and I'm also going to put my story at the beginning. So I have a little bit of credibility that I didn't always live this way and that it works and the balance aspect of life. Like I work out super hard, maybe four times a week, not every day, but I also have a margarita daily, or it may not be a margarita for you, like red wine, something that I look forward to and want so that I don't feel deprived. And then I don't quit because before it would be like, I was always on some kind of diet and you go to a birthday party or you go to a wedding and you have something like you have a glass of wine or you have a piece of cake and it's like, oh, I'm off the wagon. Like may as well just eat the whole cake now. And you give yourself like permission to just eat that way for the weekend. I'll start over on Monday. But if you live with balance, have a cookie in the morning, don't have one at night. Or if I have a beer at happy hour, don't have one with dinner. And you just make those little swaps of balance during the day. It just becomes a lifestyle. You don't have to start over. There's no starting over. It's just how you live your life with balance. You make it sound so So. easy. <laughs> it took it took me 20 years, as you know, to find right. it. I know, <laughs> like, I know. And I'm glad I'm glad also you put your story because then people won't look at you and just like automatically be so jealous that they hate you. You know what I mean? Like I hated my like I I have never you said something earlier about just feeling better in your body. As a mom, you know, like if you're not feeling good about your body, nobody's gonna be happy. Like no one in the house is gonna be happy because it reflects on all of your relationships. Like when I was heavier. And I was so frustrated that I was just, it, I'm working out. I, I would fight with my husband. There was always just like this tension. And now that I'm happier in my body, nothing really like gets me down as much anymore mm-hmm. because that was such a cloud hovering over me. It was like, it doesn't matter if something good is happening. I'm just I'm frustrated that I haven't lost this weight. But like back to your obsessive nature, it's almost like yeah. it doesn't matter that that was what it was. It was that you were pursuing a right. goal and you couldn't achieve it. And it could have been that you were trying to like, you know, I, I don't know, run a marathon in a certain amount of time. And no matter what you did, you couldn't do it. It just so happens that this is what you set your mind to do and you couldn't. So I feel like it could have been anything. Yes. And it, but I know a lot of women where it's the weight that frustrates yes. them and they're just in a, like just tense state. And they're always just like frustrated and they can't really be happy because they're not happy in their body. And I get it for 20 years, 16 to 36. I was a hot mess. Just everything was just awry until 37. When that trainer was like, you need to eat more. 
And I actually did it. And then I figured out like the weightlifting component, you don't need to be in the gym and be obsessive. This is another component to it. I lived my life in the state of stress. Like I'd go on vacation and be like, I got to get a workout in. And my body was always like stressed out. When you're in a state of stress, your body produces cortisol, a stress hormone that makes your body hold on to fat, especially around your belly. So me being obsessive and restrictive and thinking about it all the time was working against me. And now I just can breathe. I know that I'm not going to binge anymore because I just practice mindful eating. And I know that if I, I, I have a cookie or something with my coffee every morning, I didn't, when I was going through the weight loss, but now once you can get to a point of balance and you do that by eating often, eating healthy, but eating often, lifting, drinking a lot of water, and you turn your metabolism on, then you can just live in a state of balance. Know that, you know, I, I, yeah, I had a cookie at breakfast, but I also ran four miles today. You just balance it and you live a healthier, calmer lifestyle. I swear it was like my body just released the weight because I wasn't so tense anymore. I feel like I need to say, I'm not a nutritionist, not a trainer. I'm a 39 year old mom who figured this out a little bit later in life and want to help that woman that is frustrated and is maybe doing it the way that we are taught to do it. Try this, like try it this way. I know it doesn't sound right because it's not what we were told, but it works. Balance works. Erin, tell people listening in case you just reached that woman and she's sitting there listening and being like, that's me. (laughs) What is your Instagram? So they can follow you. Squats and margaritas. And I have a blog, squatsandmargaritas.com. I got recipes there. The book is squats and margaritas. The podcast is squats and margaritas all about the balance. And I get it that you're hesitant. I was super hesitant. If somebody is thinking like, no, I'm doing, you know, I have to work out seven days a week. I wouldn't take off days. You couldn't pay me to not work out. I was so obsessive and I didn't lose the weight until I stopped living like that. I I say in the book, step-by-step how I got there and then how I live now, like just balanced living now. When you go to a restaurant, like just smart ordering at a restaurant or like cocktails, you can have a cocktail. Like I think women think, I don't know, I'm trying to lose weight. But if you don't, like I said, at some point you're going to have one and then you're going to go off the rails and be like, oh, well, I, I quit or I, I failed in my diet. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle of balance. Well, I feel like I could talk to you all day and share stories. Thanks. And like, <laughs> I feel like we're just getting started here. And you, you, I know. you see, right? Okay. I do. All right. Well, in I'm in New York, but whatever. I'm That's not so far. I'm sure we will meet at some point and we can like have... I would love for you to come on my podcast. Oh, I'd love to. We can continue. <laughs> yes, to be continued. Yes, lots to to swap. And we didn't even get into... I married to a former professional athlete myself. It was a place of tennis. And like um, taught tennis for 12 years. And Oh my gosh. Anyway, okay, not, not like an NFL, not like you, but you know, my husband had to deal with, you know, what it was like to stop being that type of athlete. And then that and that's a whole nother... T- situation. Anyway, to be continued, but I am so excited to have connected with you and I am thrilled that you wrote this book and that you are taking the time now and it doesn't matter how old your kids are. And I love that you are closing the door and doing this because (laughs) you, you, this is what you need to be doing. So I think it's awesome. It's nice to hear that. So thank you. I appreciate it. And now we can both go back to our kids in the next rooms and feel a little more energized. And hopefully people listening feel the same way. Right? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.